0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What's your usual Thursday night out? Cinema, perhaps, or a gig? Well, How about a cheetah dissection at the Royal Veterinary College in London? Well, don't worry if it's not your cup of tea. We sent our own Connie Orbach along for a look. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for probably all of you to see what a cheetah looks like on the inside. Now, I should warn you in advance... As well, that the specimen has been skinned in advance. It's going to be bare muscles, everything, no cheetah spots and stuff, uh, because the-
1: a live one- cheetah dissection—not something you see every day—and the audience were definitely rapt, but maybe like me, also a little disgusted, as our three demonstrators started to hack into the now skinless leopard on the bench. But here at the Royal Veterinary College, they do have their reasons.
0: I'm Professor John Hutchinson, and I do research and teach at the Royal Veterinary College in the University of London. Cats are unusual as mammals go in that they don't do what normal mammals do and straighten their legs as they evolve into larger sizes to help support their weight. Cats uh, buck that trend and instead just maintain the same crouched posture, regardless of whether they're uh, a little... Uh, black-footed cat or a big tiger.
1: So cats are weird and, somewhat unsurprisingly, they don't follow the rules. That's why John and UCL's Anjali Goswami have been studying them extensively.
2: So we wanted to understand how they do that, um, whether that comes at any costs to their movement, their efficiency, their um, abilities. And we wanted to look at not just what most people look at, which is looking at the limb bones, But we wanted to look at a full view of the skeleton. So we wanted to look at the vertebral column. That's the backbone. And this is a part of the body that, if you think about it, is obviously a really central part of the body. It's the thing that holds all the other parts of your body together, right? And yet, when we study evolution, It's almost uniformly left out of analyses, and that's because it's made out of a lot of small bones and it's really hard to incorporate. And so we really wanted to bring that into our study and get a much more comprehensive understanding of of the evolution of the cat skeleton and whether the vertebral column is playing a role in allowing cats to maintain this weird posture or if the vertebral column held other secrets in terms of cat ecology.
0: And you can really beautifully see the, the transverse processes or the, the, the sideways spines of the vertebrae coming off here and they point downwards and forwards in, in cheetah and are really broad, a lot of space for muscle attachments. So if you see that same kind of anatomy in a fossil, that would lead you to think, well, maybe that animal had cheetah-like uh, musculature. So the point of today's event is really to share our passion and amazement for the anatomy of cat species in general. We just happen to have a cheetah. And we wanted to to show, you know, here's what we know about the anatomy of an animal. Here is an incredibly rare, probably once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see inside. What what does a cheetah look like inside? And how is its anatomy specialized for what it does, like sprinting and turning and, and catching and killing prey? It is sad that this animal has died but we're making the, the most of an unfortunate situation and, and celebrating the life of this animal and the amazing evolution of cats in general. As animals get bigger, they tend to slow down. And cat species seem to be no exception to that. Uh, a lion is, well, relatively slower than che- a cheetah, for example, partly because it's so large. A, a lot of its anatomy is is there largely to help support its weight, whereas a cheetah is kind of at a happy medium size for for being a, a high-speed athlete. So we're trying to understand how cats cope with size, but then fit that into the bigger picture of how all land animals cope with the problem of size and who does things differently, what things always happen the same way in evolution. That's something that really excites me in my research is trying to figure out What kinds of principles are truly general versus highly variable in in evolution?
1: But before I sign off, I had to ask Anjali one last thing.
0: Where on earth do you get a
1: dead cheetah from?
2: It's actually surprisingly easy to get specimens of large cats for scientific study because when um, zoo specimens die, they uh, tend to get donated to museums or other scientific institutions, and they keep them in the freezers. And so when we actually started this project, we were overwhelmed by how many specimens there were in various museum freezers. It was much, much harder to actually get a domestic cat I think we actually never got a domestic cat in the end.
1: I bet there's loads of people out there who would love for their cats to kind of live on in science.
2: I feel quite selfish. My my own cat died about the a day before we started this project, and I cremated him. And, and I did feel quite guilty that it didn't save his body for us to dissect, because right after that happened, we then struggled to find a domestic cat specimen. So, yeah, I think it's you, know, you can separate the two. At least I do,
0: I don't know, I've got a couple of cats they can have, but don't tell my wife. That was UCL's Anjali Goswami, and before her the Royal Veterinary College's John Hutchinson speaking at Wild Cats Uncovered.